This is David with Corel Trainer. This is Cassie Green from Apparelist. This is Gordon and Firemark from the Entertainment Law Update. And you're listening to Two Regular Guys Podcast. Hosted by Terry Combs RG, regular guy, and Aaron Montgomery. The place to be for industry news. The best dad jokes on earth, along with relevant topics to apparel decorators. Prepare for the world. All right, welcome into the show. It is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at Our Success Group. And my mission is to inspire you to build a business that you love. And uh, Terry, today's topic is right in that wheelhouse, man. If, uh, if, if you've got good standard operating procedures, if you are confident in your skills and knowledge and your, your staff is confident, you're going to have a business that you love. So uh, I'm excited. This is what uh, we're going to talk about today. It's uh, Terry and I here. And um, I, I love having this conversation with you, Terry, because you are a, uh, a planning guy. You are a uh, training guy and, and you're also a procedures guy. So um, even with your junior yellow legal pad, you can still make it happen. This <laughs> is science, man. <laughs> That's right. I love it. I love it. It's science. All right. So yeah. We're All right. Make excited. sure you stay till the yeah. Make sure you stay till the very end uh, for a little helping of the secret sauce. So I'm up this week with my thoughts on screen printing ink matching systems. Nice, nice. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So screen printers, make sure you stay tuned. But uh, anybody that because having knowledge about the entire industry, I think, is really important. So even if you're not a screen printer, I I can't wait to learn more here. So because um, yeah, because a lot of people are buying screen printing if you're not a screen printer. So that's it's good, true. To, good to have an understanding. Yep. A hundred percent true. hundred percent true. All right. Well, typically in this spot here, we would have some news, but uh, Cassie's actually traveling and um, she's our, our lone survivor of, of the shakeups and shifting going on out there in the uh, media space. Uh, so here's the deal though. I do want to just extend that invitation just in case people were wondering, you know, if you are welcome to join us, if you're a, a media outlet of some sort or, or can share any news of, of any note. So I'm calling out to you guys, Screen Printing Magazine, Graphics Pro, and and your new ownership group there, Impressions, whoever that is, or anyone else. You know, we we certainly love having Cassie join us, um, and she's awesome, and she's definitely filling filling the shoes for everybody. But you know, we'd like to spread this thing out so we continue to bring you multiple perspectives from our industry, multiple, you know, people looking at different things in different areas. So um, Eric putting it up on screen there for us, for those that are tuned in the video portion, but for the podcast listeners, just reach out to us, info, I-N-F-O at two, the number two regular guys.com is where you'd reach out to us. But um, I guess a little news though, Terry, um, we were all just out. If you guys remember watching last week, we were all sitting there. I thought it went really well. We hot spotted from a phone, <laughs> you know, that was impressive, but, uh, yeah, it, impressions expo Fort worth. What, uh, what's, what's the recap from there that we can share with folks, Terry? Well, we, uh, we certainly pay, played a little bit of musical chairs as well, uh, getting <laughs> guests in and sometimes two guests in. And so <laughs> I, I, I thought that was fun. Um, <clears throat> busy show. Uh, I think all the vendors were really, really happy. Uh, I had my, I did my, uh, seminar on, uh, everything you you see on the internet about DTG and DTF printing is wrong. Uh, had over 50 people in the seminar, and uh, 
Luckily, there wasn't anybody right after me because after I said, okay, they're going to kick us out of here, uh, people hung out for another 20 minutes uh, asking questions. So, uh, nice. and uh, yeah, I, I did the uh, who's uh, who's at their first trade show. And uh, unlike some, it was uh, it was probably 30% of the people raised their hand. Uh, oh, wow. You know, in okay. recent, recent days, it's been 60 or 70% of the people raised their hand. But uh, I think this is also a show that people historically go to every year uh, yeah. out of Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's been there. Yeah. It's kind of a, the a, a stalwart, right? I mean, I can go back many, many, many years, and it's pretty much same weekend, same location. Um, I think th- there was a little bit of moving maybe like 10 years ago, but I think over the last 10 years, it's pretty much been a stalwart in the, in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember back in our U S screen days, Aaron, that we used to love to go to that show because, you know, from a vendor standpoint, uh, it it was an equipment buying show. People came there ready to place orders. And so, you know, that's, well, that's, that's why the vendors are there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All the education, all the networking, all that other stuff only happens if uh, people are buying equipment. So, <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, speaking of networking, uh, you and uh, Eric both uh, attended the the Equipment Zone Epson Jerseys Stalls uh, event over at Acre Distillery, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, and, uh, you know, got together with a lot of folks over there and got the tour of the distillery and got to sample some of the some of the goods and hear the history of uh, of downtown Fort Worth, which was kind of cool as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then for me, you know, I love going to Texas because my daughter lives outside of Dallas. And and so I got to see the four grandkids there for a day, then shot to Austin, see my other two grandkids there for a day and. I'm still tired. <laughs> I say that's that's a lot of a lot of moving, a lot, a lot of yeah happening. So um, awesome, yeah, it, it was good. Uh, the The tour of the uh, distillery was um, six shot glass, seven shot glasses of. <laughs> um, no, it, it was really really fun and uh, really op- great opportunity to kind of connect. I had a really nice long conversation with uh, Adrian Palmer, who's now with DTF. And uh, I was talking what she's got going on over there. And so we should be seeing her. Uh, actually, she said, you know, she's hoping to be ready to kind of come back and before the end of the year. So um, that, that was great and had a had, had other great conversations. I really appreciate all the work that Jay did to put that together. And uh, Jay and I actually found some tacos, what he claimed to be, I might be a convert here, Terry. I, um, I know this is going to feel sacrilegious since there's a chicken wing right up there or the other way. Um, <laughs> but uh, these tacos were pretty darn good. So, <laughs> yeah, And, and my, my first question to Jay was, what, were they really good or was it 2 a.m. I need a taco? <laughs> There may have been a little bit of both, but it, it, <laughs> uh, it was good time. Good times. All right. Well, um, anything else that that you saw there in Fort Worth of note? Um, you know, I was there for the the workshop that I did the day before, and uh, it was very well attended. And it was a full day workshop. It, we started at nine, went all the way to four. People were engaged the whole time. <laughs> we had the uh, the the afternoon was supposed to be hands on them pressing stuff. Uh, after Joseph and uh, from Magic Touch and RJ from Creo kind of showed them how the, uh, the the white toner systems worked, the the power went out right as Joseph was starting. Oh no! It was, but to to Joseph's credit, 
without power, he hit all five of the things that he wanted to show people. He just was talking super fast and there was enough heat left in the heat press that they were <laughs> able to make it work. So, and he was all oh stretching the shirts and still doing like the full, like it was, uh, and, and it still worked out pretty good. So that was pretty impressive. Um, and, and Joseph is a, he, Joseph's a real pro. So I, yeah. I, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was impressive. And then, um, I got invited to Hawaii. So we'll see if we can make that work out. <laughs> I'm like, she's like, do you ever go to Hawaii? I'm like, I haven't, but I will. <laughs> it's like, okay. I'm like, all right, send me pictures. Let's figure this out. <laughs> I'm not anti-Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Todd, no, there will never be any conversion to blue cheese. I don't tell anybody. I do enjoy blue cheese every once in a while, just not with chicken wings. That's all. <laughs> that, that is quite the uh, quite the news. I did not realize that. <laughs> like a good wedge salad with some blue cheese on it. Yeah, that's that's good. But chicken wings need ranch dressing. Let's be honest, folks. <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, just to shift gears real fast, uh, yeah. Aaron, you and I got the chance yesterday to reminisce a little bit about our early days at US Screen with the with the T Jet. Uh, yep. Equipment Zone did a uh, did a webinar uh, uh, and had some of the industry folks on who've been around for quite a while talking about the the well 19 year history of of commercial DTG printing. So that was a lot of fun and and that'll be up on Equipment Zone's YouTube channel. Uh, you have to wait till the very end to see Aaron and myself because we were we were the last interview, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, um and kind of following to that. Uh, I'm just looking for the date here, but, uh, you know, we, we got to talk about the old T-Jet days. We're going to have, uh, our friend Scott Fresner joining us here on the two regular guys in the not too distant future. I think it's the third of November, if I, uh, recall. So we'll keep, keep the good times rolling there, but just kind of understanding, uh, there was a lot of talk about innovation. At least that's what stood out to me. And, um, you know, so continuing that conversation with Scott's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, all right, well. Thank you guys for tuning in here. I think we've, uh, I saw Todd's comment there, but good morning to everybody. Um, Cindy was checking in from Odessa, Texas early on. Uh, good morning to Chuck. Jerry, good morning to guys that are regular, right? Um, <laughs> that, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek joke, right, Jerry? Um, and then Kingsbury Craft, good morning. Uh, Rena, good morning. And Todd, good morning again. Tanya, thank you so much for being here. Make sure that you guys uh, take a quick moment here and just go out there and and share this with your friends. We're gonna get into some what I believe are some gold nuggets here pretty quick, and uh, you want to make sure that we we have this rising tide lifts all boats mentality. So hey, say hey, come on over, come to the two regular guys. Uh, good morning, Michelle. So, um, Terry, it is that time I believe that uh, where we we participate in a dad joke now. I know we got a little clip that we'll play into in just one second, but uh, I just want to kind of prepare people. This is from Eric, so it's really good. <laughs> uh, so are you ready for that? Are you, do you think you're prepared for that, Terry? I'm ready. Are, are you, you're doing the dad joke? Yes, right? I, I'm, I'm ready okay. to deliver. I'll do my okay. best. Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Here it is. Where do bad rainbows go? I don't know, uh, Aaron. Where do bad rainbows go? <laughs> to prism. Yeah, it's a light <laughs> sentence. You know, kind of gives them time to reflect. 
<laughs> that that is totally an Eric joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Now, Todd, I have to apologize. I know that we took away some of your, but I'm sure that there will be more coming from Todd. So he's always good for a, a great follow up. And so I'll be giggling while Terry's hit, hitting the housekeeping portion yeah, here. He's so. a- He's pondering as we speak. But before we dive in, (laughs) thanks to everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We need your voices. We would love to have the regulators participate in our show intros, and we've already started using some of them. Uh, Go to decorators.inc.inc forward slash intro and read a few sentences to be a part of every show. And we've gotten a few, like I said, but uh, don't be left out. We are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys, to book a future episode or email us at info at two, <laughs> the number two, regular guys.com <laughs> with your show ideas. And I actually have a shirt that says two, the number two. I need to wear that on the show. Yes, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast version, We would love you sharing the Two Regular Guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, YouTube Podcasts, wherever you do your podcast listening, we are there. So please please give us a review. And um, if you're joining us live right now, we would love to have your comments and questions, especially about what you're doing about training and your standard operating procedures as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't, excited to uh, to chat with the regulators about all that. Um, Todd delivered. So um, he says uh, there was for sure a pot of gold at the end of that one. So <laughs> that was a really good response, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and good to see you, Martha. Thanks for tuning in here. I got to see Martha out there in Fort Worth. So uh, great to, to see you here on Two Radio Guys. All right, Terry. Well, let's dive into this topic. I, I'm really excited to do this with you. You're you're my go-to. I kind of already alluded to this earlier, but you're definitely my go-to for learning about establishing standards and keeping your employees up to speed and, and creating those processes. I know that's been a big part of what you've done over the course of your career as far right. as you know, consulting and, and the work that you did in, in the different spots that you landed along the way. Um, and as I also alluded to earlier, you do this all without the use of technology outside of a junior yellow legal pad. So that's <laughs> pretty amazing. Now. <laughs> uh, but actually still going to be running during the zombie apocalypse. That's right. That's right. We, we can still get t-shirts from Terry once the zombie apocalypse. No, but I, I, I love that because sometimes we, we do get too deep into it, right? Be, you know, I talk to people about maybe doing a time study to see where their priorities are really falling. And, you know, oh, what should I use this tool, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, there's tools out there that you can use. But easiest thing, and you you taught me this, just take that yellow legal pad with you. Jot down when you change tasks, what time it was, and you've got, got your list. So anyhow, um, yep. this is also obviously an area that I love to talk about as I get to work with new businesses. And a lot of them come from that hobby mindset, right? It's, it's the fact that when you're doing a hobby, you kind of go, oh yeah, that's fun. I want to play with this and I want to do this and that's great. Right. And then we want to still have that kind of sense of, of fun in our business, but also once you become a business efficiency becomes King because that's how you grow and efficiency being one of my, my strengths. And so I hope that uh, you and I can take our, and I think I did the math right here about 67 years. If I got 23, that puts you at about 44 years of experience. Does that sound right? 
Yeah, that sounds right. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to. I know that might hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> made me but, tired to think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so 67 years of combined experience, and we want to give you guys, the regulators, some gems today. So, Terry, what, where do you think we should start this whole thing off? Well, I think, uh, you know, I was kind of pondering this. We were talking about this, and, and thank you, Eric, by the way, for suggesting that we come back to this topic. Yep. And uh, uh, so, you know, why is training important? Aaron, you wanna, do you want to jump in to start? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so much you could do here, right? Um, I'm going to let you talk about the, the employee side of it, and I'll, I'll okay. keep on the, the kind of our, our own personal training side of it here for, for this part. Um, I just, if we're not learning, we're not growing and success and getting to success is just about growth. It's not about overcoming failures and it's, can we grow? Can we get a little bit better? Can we get 5% better today? If you just focus on that, on growth and honestly, training is a big part of that, right? So I think understanding training, understanding how to ask for help, understanding how to um, take what we learn and implement it, because that's the other part of training that's important that sometimes people miss out on is the fact that, great, I, I'm I'm here with the two regular guys. I'm learning all about um, some maybe new ideas, some sparks to how to set up a better training program or standard operating procedures or become more efficient or whatever that is. And that's all just fine and dandy, but until you actually do something to implement that in your business, then then you've you've missed the last part of training. It's the implementation process. Yeah. So, um, you know, ultimately, I think training as a whole is just part of the growth process. So, I guess that's why it's so important to me. Is that's what we're after is is growth. And and so, if that's the case, then then training is the key to get that started. But talk to us a little bit about how also it's so important once. <clears throat> Employees, or you know, the sure. people in your company too, because I know you've got a lot of experience with that. Well, you know, and and Aaron, the the production shops I've run, or the shops that I've just been on their floor as a consultant or whatever, yeah, the, most of them have not no training at all. The training is this: new employee comes, go stand next to her and yeah. watch what she's doing, <laughs> and, and that's training. And uh, it just it drives me crazy, but. <laughs> It also keeps a guy like me employed, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good with bad, Terry. Good with bad. <laughs> but and, and you know, and here's something I've discovered, and even on the, a production floor that that looks super efficient, there's there's always room for improvement. There's mm. always there, and and maybe that improvement is just uh, learning a new skill or technique for your current employees. Uh, learning learning what the skills and techniques we use every day for for our new employees and yeah. and uh, and you know we could do a whole show on on onboarding new employees yeah. but yeah. but let me let me say what it's not it's not go stand next to her and watch what she's doing that's yeah. that, that is not onboarding a new employee that's yeah. making that employee think wow they have zero interest in me yeah. as a, as a new employee. So yeah. can I tell you, before you get too far away, can I just tell a real quick story? Um, sure. So that when you said that, it, it reminded me of something that I was at this place and that's what the training program was. Go stand next to that person and just watch what they do. And what ended up happening though, is um, as it got busy, we ran out of people for them to stand next to. And so the person <laughs> they were standing next to was a temp that had been there for one day. 
So they had one day experience on the person that just showed up that moment. So anyhow, <laughs> it happens out there everywhere. And, you know, and again, we didn't plan ahead enough. And so that, that was the training process. I, I was part of it. So it's real. It does happen to even people that think about this stuff on a regular yeah. basis. So. You know, I did have an experience once uh, in, a, in a new position. I kept asking the same woman, uh, well, well, where's this? And you know, where's that, you know, where's the, where's the, the kitchen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and finally about halfway through the day, she goes, I don't think anybody told you I started yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, well let's discover all this together. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, <Good> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, part of it also is so that we're all on the same page. And, and mm. so some training is, is just talking about here's how we do this thing and and uh and so why because we want continuity of what's going out the door you know we so so that an order that comes in uh january 2nd and they reorder july 5th then then it's going to be exactly the same so part of training and part of teaching the skills and, and the techniques of what we do in our, in our, on our production floor or in our offices is just having that consistency of, uh, of, uh, of what we're producing. And, and of course, you know, it all comes back to also efficiency, being able to efficiently produce uh, product and get it out the door because, uh, you know, Aaron, and I've talked about it over, over the 10 years, this has come up, uh, I, I go in, I've, I've gone into production shops and said, you know, I can double your production in 30 days. And, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, you haven't even been on my production floor. I know I can still double your production in 30 days. And because um, everybody like in a screen printing shop, everybody's got the printing down. It, it That's that's the part that they don't really need help with usually. Yeah. Uh, and but they're flashing between colors. So go back to uh, my secret sauce from a few weeks ago. But most shops are very, very inefficient about how they get from order to UPS truck or FedEx truck or whatever truck. I don't want to discriminate against anybody. <laughs> New ground <laughs> advantage with very the post inefficient. Right, or the U.S. Postal Service. It's it, it's very very. It's like a snake slithering yeah. through your shop it's and wandering. And yeah. and and so uh, a lot of what I do in my training is is just uh, you know trying to get people to be much more efficient about what they do. Cut out all the superfluous stuff and uh, and uh, and and get down to it. And, we, and we'll talk about some training techniques here in a little bit, bit as well. So yeah, yeah, um, we'll get into that. Well, can I, if I can kind of piggyback sure. on that a little bit too, because here's the other part about training, you know, again, could be employees, could be, maybe it's just you and your significant other, or, you know, you've got a, a helper that, because we've talked about this quite a bit on this program between you and I, some of the guests that we've had on talked about this. There's lots of different ways to accomplish the result in our industry. I mean, we, we can, we can get there a lot of different ways. Um, and sometimes there's multiple ways that are right. You know, sometimes it's just a bandaid and people forget to actually fix the problem. Like you've talked about with the flashing, right. And right. <laughs> that kind of thing, or dipping mugs in sublimation, right. We can go down those rabbit holes, but the reality of, of things is there's multiple ways to get things done in your shop. There's one way 
that is needed to get things done based on the way your shop operates, based on the way things are set up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you have somebody new coming in, you talked about them all being on the same page. The training part is A, to tell them how your shop works. But I think the part that maybe sometimes gets missed too is it's also the time to say, this is why we do it. Right, because when you're just standing next to somebody that's been there a day longer than you, you're going, okay, I'm just going to do it. But you never answer that why question. Because as soon as you can say, oh, this is why I do it, then we'll put our our effort into it because it makes sense. It's now logical, right? We go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Why we do it this way? Why we double check this? Because that person doing that thing might not see the reason that we do it that way down the road, because maybe they're not dealing with the customers, right? Or they, whatever. So right. is, is there anything else you want to add on to that part of it, Terry? The why I, side? I, Yeah, I, I love that. And, and, uh, and, and that's always important to tell people why, because otherwise you are now a 1960s boss uh, because I said so. Yeah. And because I said so, it's not a, not a motivator, right? Yeah. If anybody's out there, if, well, you and know it what? It didn't really work I, in the sixties. It's just all they had. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember the sixties actually. And uh, <laughs> unlike many people, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, t- telling people why we do it that way, then it, it clicks in their head. They, okay. I, I understand why I'm doing my part in this 12 part process. Yeah. I, I do part number three and now I understand why I do it like this. But so part number nine, uh, uh, th- their part makes more sense, you know? So a hundred percent agree with that, that uh, yeah. always yeah. it's why, you know, why we're doing this. Yeah. And well, it, it, I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. Keep going. I, 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 I was just going to say too. And, and, you know, even part of training is uh, every uh, morning, before we would start production or certainly on Monday morning, we would have a stand-up meeting. I love stand-up meetings because, you know, no, no don't get comfortable. We're only here for five minutes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. everybody on my production floor, everybody would gather around the, the schedule board. And I talk about the schedule for the week and, and, uh, uh, you know, you know, we have to be at hundred uh, percent productivity because we have a full schedule and, mm-hmm. and any, any kind of oddball things. Hey, we have a shipment coming in of, of garments on Wednesday that we're, so, so those, those garments are ready to, you know, that's, that's part of the schedule for Wednesday, but Hey, if they don't show up, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to be shifting this and that. And, and just have a have a meeting that included everybody on the production floor so that everybody had a had a good understanding of what our week was going to be and hey and guess what that's also where i would say now jim and uh, and linda are going to be on vacation this week so you know so and so it's going to take their spot and and just keep people in the loop and yeah. and it, just those kinds of things makes people uh, who who work for you out on your production floor or in your office, if you're keeping them in the loop, that makes them feel like they're part of the process. They're part yeah. of the, of the, uh, of the company, part of the business. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's because you were talking about, you know, th- this is obviously about being on the same page here, but you also sparked something for me when you talked about, okay, maybe I'm doing step three and that's what, what I'm responsible for. But understanding the why then uh, helps us understand how that's going to affect nine. And this can be the smallest things. I think sometimes we we want to make these big, huge changes in our our business. But if you just focus on even the, the s- 
smallest details and trying to improve those, you can make a huge difference in the overall. It all adds up. So the example, and I just happen to have a sheet here, like there's a barcode on this, right? And part of this process was we'd have the sheet, the sheet would then go into to kind of stick out the top of the envelope that the product was put in and then go to shipping and then shipping would get it and they would scan the barcode and it would ship. Right. But if you didn't know that shipping is scanning that barcode, you would just shove this piece of paper down in the bag. But if you instead stick it in there where the barcodes hanging out just over the top, right. Then the shipping person picks it up, scans it, pulls the sheet out, closes it and goes. But until that person's, we'll probably talk a bit about cross-training along the road until you've been in that person that, because you're going, oh, does that really matter? Is that really that big of a deal? You ship a thousand packages where you have to take it out and try to find it and put the thing down. And if you can just grab it and go, you know, so we'll we'll talk about cross-training where I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But uh, yeah, that, that that's the why stuff to me that is really important to make sure everybody's on the same page with. Well, and, and Aaron, when that's a very simple thing and very easy for somebody to go, oh, okay, I get it. That shipping yeah. person's got to do this. And so I I just need to turn it around and yeah. put it in this way. That's and, You're right. The tiniest thing that can make everybody's life easier as it yep. goes further down the line. Exactly. And, and the other part that I guess that, that also helps is then that person knows they're part of the bigger picture and they're starting to think about, okay, well, how, what else am I doing that might affect somebody else? Or, hey- if, if they're willing to say to me, you know, just put this paper, because again, it's not a big deal for them to switch the way the paper's going in there. And so then they start thinking about, well, how can my job be easier? Can I suggest something, you know, in step one or two that would help me? And now everybody's a part of the process of improving. And, um, you know, I think that's also a crucial part of why training is so important. So, right. Yeah. All right. Well, Terry, I, I know I said we'd I mentioned a little bit of this uh, earlier, but I want to hear your take on this too. What if it is just me? What if I'm a solopreneur and, and, you know, we talked about training being important even for solopreneurs, but what if it is just me? What do I do? Well, you know, and you do need to have, well, set aside time uh, for your own training, your own education. And guess what? Everybody who's listening to this program, either live or on, uh, on the, you know, a recorded podcast, um, you are that person you, because you are taking time, uh, thinking, Hey, if I get one nugget of, of good information or, or I'm able to tell a couple of jokes to someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but if you get one nugget of information, then, then that's what you're doing. You're educating yourself. And, um, and so you, you, as a, an individual, and you know, Aaron, I've talked about this uh, mm-hmm. so many times in the past. You know, when I started my business, uh, I, I had my degree in journalism as my guide to how to run a business, and yeah. so I, I assumed everybody spent time learning how to do, you know, the best they can, learning how to do different processes, learning how to, you know, uh, be more efficient about about coding and burning your screens and things like that, and and that isn't the case for the majority of, of garment decorators out there, they, they don't take that time to try to learn new things, try to figure out better ways to do it. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, to be successful, we have to do that. We have to, even if it's just me. And of course, also 
you know, someday you're going to have an employee. And, and if you're, if you're running your shop by the seat of your pants, um, it's really, really difficult for them to get on board. And, and, and so you're getting frustrated with that new employee uh, because th they're not thinking about the business the way you are. And they're just, they're just wanting to know, tell me how to properly do yeah. this. You know what, yeah. where's the document on this? Oh, yeah, it's right exactly. here, it's right here in yeah. my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it changes at my whim, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that there's other value in that too, Terry, the, this idea of, okay, for future employee, right? That's, that's really good to be thinking about that. So when it is time to bring somebody else on, right? if, if mm -hmm. you're somebody that's having challenges with employees right now, you probably need to go back to this basic part and kind of really document what's important, what the expectations are, how you are supposed to get from point, you know, how each of these steps affect the next, right? And, and that kind of thing. But the other thing that I think is really valuable here is even if you never actually have a plan to bring on somebody else, the fact that you're thinking about it from that kind of process, step one, step two, steps three, you know, kind of idea, when you're developing your training for your business, that's going to improve your business in the way you do things because you're going to see things and go, oh, well, yeah, I probably don't actually need to do that, right? That, that, that's, wow, that's actually been a waste of time all this time. I, I remember some of your stories about taking the book off the shelf and and putting it back on and nobody ever looking at it, that kind of thing. So, right. Spending um, a lot of time recording numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> for posterity. So, yeah, for sure. And so I'll, I'll just like, and I want to hear the rest of your thoughts on this too, Terry, but I've got a quick story for me personally, not necessarily decorating related, but when I first started playing volleyball, I was uh, late in my high school. It was really in college by the time I really started playing volleyball with the passion that I, I had for it. And I was, and I know you guys are going to laugh, but I was actually athletic <laughs> and, but that was it, right? I had no real understanding of the game. I didn't know techniques or, you know, I just got away with being athletic. And then I was trying to kind of mimic the other people that I saw. The thing that helped me get to a point where I was actually very proficient with it had nothing to do with, I didn't go get extra training or, or whatever. I actually volunteered to become a coach for a youth team. And in that moment of, right, I knew that I knew more than those 12 year olds, barely anymore, but just enough more. And so that made me start thinking, okay, how am I going to teach them how to play volleyball? And as I started thinking about that, then I said, well, maybe I should think a little bit more about how I'm doing it, right? Could I make myself better? And so just that sheer art of, or act of trying to teach somebody else, or at least preparing to teach somebody else made me a much better volleyball player. And that then led me to a place where, you know, I, I had a potential career, just beer got in the way. So, <laughs> but volleyball is not like softball, but beer is part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought so, but apparently at the higher levels, it's not. <laughs> but boy, it was a fun social sport. You you went to one of my Christmas parties, so. <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> so anyhow, we're, we're, yeah, th that whole concept too of just the the act of thinking about it, the act of trying to, how am I going to teach this to somebody else is going to improve your skills. Yeah. I, you know, I think, uh, I think in, in, in all of us have done this where you get so caught up in getting stuff out the door that you, you don't take that time. You don't block out that time to think about 
how could I do this better? And, and, you know, I, I tell people in my screen printing classes, I, you know, a lot of what I'm talking about here is me standing in the middle of my production floor, scratching my head going, there's got to be a better way to do this. And, <laughs> and we all need to be that person. You know, I, I've talked about here before, everybody needs to be their own consultant. Uh, uh, where I was in a, in a shop one time and, and I had my 40 page report. I'd been there for two weeks and the, and the owner said, well, Terry, we already know 80% of this. And I'm like, I know, but you've just never done anything about it. (laughs) So, so you paid me to come and remind you, Hey, you already know this. You need to start doing this. You need to start being more efficient about what you do. And, And that means you as a, as a, entrepreneur, uh, it's just me, it's just me and one other person, you still need to take a step back, think about how things are are processed and how things are done and uh, and get more efficient at it. And, yeah. and there's always room for improvement, no matter how, how efficient you believe you are, there's always room for some kind of improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talk about that kind of thing all the time. In fact, people that uh, follow me sometimes might be a little uh, sick of it, but it, it's the concept of you got to spend some time working on your business, right? This this kind of thinking about training, looking at your processes, this is working on your business um, instead of always working in it, you know, just doing the things. We've got to do the things to, to get it done. So w- what I always say is of all of the time that you have to devote to your business, take 15% of that. That's all, right? You still have the whole other 85% to do all of the in type projects. You don't just pick out 15% of that time and focus on, can I improve my operating procedures? Can I improve training? Think about the future potential, do a business plan, you know, all these types of projects. And I think, again, there's so much value in this beyond just the, I can now train a new employee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, I think we're kind of at a, a quick breaking point before, because we do want to get a little bit more into kind of the, st- we talked some training, I know we got into standard operating procedures, but I think we want to go a little bit deeper into that and, and some more practical applications here. Is that kind of where we're heading, Terry? Yeah, absolutely. I think okay. uh, yeah, let's take a commercial break and jump back in. Yeah, let's do it. Hi, I'm Lewis Montgomery. I want to tell you all about my dad's new book, The Fundamentals of Business Success. He wrote it to help small business owners like you fall in love with your business. Hey, thank you, Lewis. Yes, that's right. I was just tired of watching these small businesses be overwhelmed, just struggling, and ultimately underpaid because they just didn't have a strong foundation to build off of. They were trying to create their business the way somebody else created their business and they were never going to catch up. It's not just about making money. It's about having fun and building something you're truly passionate about. My dad's new book breaks down everything into a 13-step cycle with plenty of practical applications so you can start taking action right away. Grab your copy at OurSuccessGroup.com forward slash FBS book. Whether you're just starting out or looking to spice things up in your current business, this book will become your guide. Don't miss out on your chance to get this book at the introductory price, only available at OurSuccessGroup.com forward slash FBS book. And take a look at my new book on Amazon, Beer Bait Barbecue. There you go. I've got that. Just do a video, Terry. You can be, you can be that promo spot. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and I have to remind myself that uh, that kid's only 12, so I'm super proud of him. Yeah. Good, good job, Lewis. I always smile when I see him come on and do that. I, I, I appreciate that you smile. That makes me smile, too. All right. Well, Terry, let's get back into this here. Um, like I said, 
we've hit on these things a little bit, but processes, standard operating procedure, uh, SOPs, right? Some people might go, what is that? It's just a standard operating procedure. Why are yeah. these so important to us as well on top of the training? Well, I think that once you uh, once you have found as far as as today is in your business, yeah. uh, the most efficient way to do things or or the, the best way to have less spoilage or the best way to mm. get the absolute best product out yeah. the door. Because, you know, hey, I can I can teach people to go really, really fast. But oh, that's, there's also 10 percent spoilage when I'm going really, really fast. So but but once you once you have decided this is the best way to do this, then then a standard operating procedure is your repeatability, repeatability, repeatability. And, and, you know, and, and you can always uh, see in a company where they've documented this, but it's, it's, it's a little dusty uh, booklet (laughs) (laughs) and and, and start drifting away. And so um, having, having this documented, it's it's a good way to bring you back. I I think that uh, back to to the way that at 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 that point in time you determine this is the best way to do this. And and hey, this is not set in stone. This yeah. is this is a, a, a fluid thing. Yeah. Um, all of Ever a sudden, there, there there's new opportunities out there and, and and new products and new techniques that you learn. And gosh, you know, and, and and again, in my screen printing classes, I'll have somebody raise their hand and say, "Well, you know, I started doing something like this," and and I'm like, you know, that's an awesome idea. And I, I'm not I'm not locked into well, you know, 40 years ago, this is how I I set this up, and <laughs> and I'm not changing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I yeah. love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit for it the next class, Aaron. You you I've said this before. I'm <laughs> yeah. giving you credit the next class, the one after that. It's my idea. It's so my idea. Thank you yep, for that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking along these lines, uh, much much earlier comment from uh, Ramona. Uh, she had worked at Mickey D's before i don't know if you can find that i put a star in it there yeah there we go back 100 years ago or so <laughs> probably a little less than that run i used to work at mcdonald's uh they trained so that the cheeseburger you got here in illinois will be the same that you get in washington so the expectation of the product is always the same shop training is is the same idea and um yeah it, yeah so I, I think that's that's you're exactly right that that repeatability that you just mentioned there terry yeah, exactly right. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and I love that example, but, uh, um, and, and, you know, Aaron, uh, going through our notes here, you, you had said, you know, what about typical excuses for <laughs> skipping the training or, or slipping out of our procedures? Uh, or not even doing that? them going, oh yeah, they're right here. Or right. right this just gonna, I just, I gotta get stuff done. Right. So I don't have time for making a process or doing training. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, what have been some of the typical excuses? And then most importantly, what's been your rebuttal to that? Well, uh, and first of all, I, I, I say, you know, you need to have a 15 minute training session every Monday morning. Why Monday? Because on Friday, you're like, oh, I got to get stuff out the door. But uh, let, let me give you another example of a standard operating procedure run amok. Um, we, um, when I was in, uh, in Kansas City, Joan Mitchell Sportswear, uh, it, it took me a long time to get all the processes and procedures and to get all the employees to buy in. Uh, we were printing shirts for the uh, NCAA national championship game uh, in basketball. And of course, you know, the game ended at at like nine o'clock at night. And we um, 
And, and so we started printing at 9.05 and printed all night. And uh, the owner of the company said, I'm going to come in and help. Thank you for coming in and help, uh, meaning you're going to walk around and distract people from what they're doing because <laughs> you, you, you had no concept of how you could help. And our uh, one of the rules was our, um, our um, uh, quality control manager could stop any production run. I mean, her, when she said stop, didn't matter. Everybody had to stop what they were doing because uh, somehow the the image was starting to deviate. There was a color shift or something like that. She said, stop the presses. And the owner came over and said, oh, that's good enough. This order is only going to a grocery store. And it was the most devastating thing that happened in my shop. Uh, It took me months to straighten it out because after that, Every time that the the quality control manager said stop, the press operator would keep going saying, hey, I think this was only going to a grocery store. It's cool. And and it, it, so and, and it wasn't so much that um, wasn't so much that they wanted to override what she was doing. It's that they were so offended that the quality of their work didn't matter anymore that uh, that it anyway, it was a. I, I went into his office the next day and said, don't ever come onto my production floor and say something like that. He's like, I, what, what, what happened? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you have, we have this, uh, we have this um, work culture there of quality and it doesn't matter if it's going to a bookstore or if it's just going to the, the high V grocery store rack uh, it, it's all about quality, and when you come out and make a comment that the quality doesn't matter, it 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 destroyed everything that I'd been working for there for a year. So yeah. anyway, hmm. that was a long aside story. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. That's good. Um, just real quick, I want to touch on a couple other things that were said by the regulators over here. Um, Jan says good stuff. Thank you, Jan. Um, Ramona says I, I used to write SOPs. It helps me putting together processes and workflows, right? And and again, it's just about stepping back and looking at it like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Could this be done differently? Um, or can can we, you know, arrange things so it's more efficient? You were talking earlier, Terry, about how things kind of just meander, right? It, just saving right. the steps. I mean, I, I use the example of, uh, for the direct-to-garment printers out there, if you're standing in front of that direct-to-garment print, printer and you take the shirt off of the front of it right if you're just standing in front of it, you take the shirt off the front of it like without doing anything kind of weird to it right flipping your hands over now all of a sudden you're holding this shirt with the ink facing away from you and you somehow have to get that onto a heat press like that so you're doing this like weird flip thing or whatever and so just changing to go like this so now you can lay it onto a heat press. I mean, those are the types of things that I want people to look for when we're talking about this. And so I guess when I hear the excuses of I don't have time or, you know, those types of things, then it, it, my rebuttal is you don't have time not to do this, right? You're going to create too much spoilage. Another example of, of the place where, you know, we had temps, uh, training temps kind of thing, you said, oh, you know, 10% spoilage rate. I'm like, oh, that was that was nothing. At, at one point during the peak of their season, there was a 30% spoilage rate. Oh my gosh. 30%. That sounds so that's, like all the profit. Yeah, yeah. All of all of the uh 
local like animal shelters and, and homeless facilities and stuff like that. They loved it because they were getting bags and bags of blankets every day. <laughs> but as somebody who knew what the reality was, um, 30% was pretty rough. So to me, the, the thing is, if, if we don't do these things, if we don't train our employees, if we don't look at our processes, you're going to have things like that spoilage that you can't just getting your time back, um, uh, by by making a small move, I always kind of joke in some of the seminars I talk about this stuff. Is has anybody here ever spent any time looking for scissors in their shop? <laughs> and everybody's like, ha ha ha! Like, yeah, I know we're laughing about it, but the reality is, go go to Amazon and spend twenty dollars on a four pack of scissors and stick them in strategic places and make sure that that's part of the process to put them back. <laughs> yeah. How much time is that going to save you? So, um, what, what's I, I wrote this in the notes, Terry, but I don't know if I have it exactly right, but I think it was Peter Drucker that maybe said this. Some Somebody that said, basically, what happens if I train my employees and they leave versus what happens if you don't train them and they stay? The, right? This one, that one makes my head explode. Because, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I don't want to share my secrets. Okay, you don't have any. You don't have any secrets. Let me yeah. just tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, but here's the here's the part that people don't get. Yes, you know what? Employees do leave. They sometimes they go to your competition. Uh, sometimes they go out and start their own businesses. But guess what? When you have a well trained staff, when that employee leaves, and maybe they they leave because hey, I want to go find myself, and I'm going to rent. A, I'm going to buy a van. I'm going to go out and paint. You know, some people leave. If you have a well trained staff. You don't skip a beat. That's yeah. that's the key here. If mm. if if John over here is the only one who knows how to how to code a screen, and John leaves, it's panic time. Yeah. But if if you're well trained and 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 have a, a program of cross training, yeah, it's painful when people leave, but product is still going out the door, and yeah. you're not, you know, well, uh, you know, I was at a place once where one of the tech people. Uh, left, there was nobody to step into the place. It was panic time trying to think of uh, all the tech people that the company knew in the past that you could call up and say, hey, can, here, I'm going to offer you a lot of money. Can you start today? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You've got it, me panicked it, right now, though, Terry. So, do what now? Uh, you've got me panicked. Uh, if Eric leaves, we're in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, I've only pushed the buttons once in 10 years. So it's <laughs> Eric can't yeah. leave. It's just, sorry, yeah. Eric. <laughs> we do not accept your resignation. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not accept it. <laughs> this is not accepted. All right. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, uh, that you really did spark something in me though. I'm like, oh man, maybe we should document some of this stuff. Huh? Weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's easy to talk about it. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> what are we doing in our own backyard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ramona says you better give him a raise. Yeah. Um, well, I bought him a double drink what you're raise. getting now. Uh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just doubled, you doubled your salary. Um, all right. Real quick. Jan had said, uh, even a one man band needs to have SOPs, standard operating procedures. Um, and then she also said, uh, have the owner operator for business review your SOPs at least once a year, walk yourself through your business, see if it makes sense. And, um, 
I'm going to jump ahead and just play off of that real quick, Terry, if that's okay, in our, in our list here. Um, because I 100% agree with that. I think you need to, here's what I would suggest. Every business has got a peak season, right? It may not be as crazy as some of the holiday gift kind of places where like it goes like this and then all of a sudden it's this massive hockey stick kind of look, but you're going to have somewhere in your business that is a peak season. What Typically what I would do is say, use that peak season as an opportunity to really kind of put those SOPs to the test during the peak season, be making notes of different things that you can potentially improve or the bottlenecks where, but don't do anything with it. Right. I think a lot of times we kind of are, are really reactive to these things and I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's better to just leave certain things and go, okay, yep, that's on the list. We're going to come back to that. Take a break from the peak season, celebrate, a little rest and relaxation, and then immediately right away start going, okay, let's look at the SOPs. How can we improve things? What Out of this list of areas that we could improve, what's going to give us the most bang for our buck over the, the until the, you know, when we get to the next peak season? Right. And then kind of and and that's yeah. that cycle of success, that continuous growth that I was talking about earlier is by stepping back, working on the business a little bit more often. It allows you to see where you can make improvements and gain efficiencies. So uh, talk and, to and us. You know, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, Aaron, uh, uh, Aaron when um, and maybe sometime you want to sell that business. OK, you know, I've, I've had I've, I've made a lot of money or I've made a little bit of money or but but maybe you want to sell that business then you know at the last minute when that new person says yeah i'd like to buy it then you're scrambling yeah. on making notes of how things are done well you know if you already have that that's a much easier sale and and that person buying that's looking to buy your business is going to feel way better about it if you oh it's all documented this is this is how you sublimate on on uh, chromalux you know and yeah. uh and with with the temperatures and the times and the and the the pro tips, I always like to put in the pro tips. Here's yeah. a, you know, well, your pro tip is no, do not dip that coffee mug in uh, yeah. in water. It's going to be the one big pro tip on my yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, is, uh, why is this in red? <laughs> it's bold. It looks like it's made you're doing it. When I'm gone, I'll know you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, all right. Well. Um, Let's see here. So Ramona's got a comment that I want to bring in here. Uh, If you have staff, have them walk through the SOP and jot notes of suggestions or improvements. I I 100% agree with that. I'll even take that one step further. If you've got staff in there currently and you don't have SOPs, work with them to build this out. Right. Because A, that's going to make them feel like they have autonomy to the process. They're going to take more ownership of it. B, it's going to help you see any blind spots for where you didn't give them enough information as to why they're doing it or how that might affect something else down the process, right? So um, yeah, in, including the people that are, are going to be involved or are already involved, I think is, is a really good point for sure. Terry, any other thoughts on that? Well, yeah, who, who knows more about getting product out your door than your employees who are doing it? Who knows more about what's tripping them up than the employees actually doing it. And, yeah. and, you know, in, in, in our notes here, uh, you've noted buy them lunch and that's, that's a biggie for me. Um, bring in pizza one day and everybody's in one room and say, okay, we're going to go around the room. Uh, Jim, tell me one thing that would make your job easier. And some of them are going to make some kind of joke, you know, or uh, yeah, if I only had to work three days a week, but, but then you're going to start getting 
real suggestions. Okay, well, what you know, every day I have to deal with this issue, and and so what can we do to fix that? Now, here here's the rub of all this. You're you're there with your junior yellow legal pad, mm. and and you're writing all this down. The things that you implement, you have to say, hey, thanks for bringing this up. Here's how we've changed it. The things you don't do, you also have to say, okay. Well, you you suggested we do this. We're we're not going to do that, or we're not going to do that right now. But here's why. Here's yeah. why we're not going to do that because it affects something else over here. Or um, if if you just write all this down and then nobody ever hears about it again, yeah. then the the offers of suggestions uh, will end right there. Oh, that was just a, that was just a show that we matter. We obviously don't matter because I never heard Action. another word about any of those suggestions. So, yep. yeah, it's I'm, I'm like a, you said, it's, I'm it's a big a, proponent of, of having your employees help you be a more efficient uh, decorator or whatever, whatever yeah. you're doing. Yeah, 100%. And I love that you mentioned that part, right? That you do have to take that that next step because you can you can give give your employees, give the people working with you the lip service all you want until you actually follow that up with action. You know, like you said, even if it's inaction, explaining why that's still action. Right. And, but, but we, exactly. you know, we, we need to kind of have that next step. And I, sometimes again, it's easier to just go, okay, I wrote it all down. What? I wrote it down. What, why are you up so upset? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's here. I, here it is. And then you, you do the thing where you go blow the dust off of it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Terry. Okay. We're, we're coming down to the end of our time here, but um, I, I, I'd love for you to just kind of close this up with your, uh, this concept. And I don't know if you talk about it enough, maybe you do. And I'm just not around because I've heard the story already and you're trying to keep me from that. But <laughs> the, this concept of 5215, I know that was uh, a big thing for you in a lot of places. Uh, so yeah. tell us about that real quick. To close 5215, simply this 52 weeks, 15 minutes, every Monday morning, uh, and, and yes, I know we've got product to get out the door. We're going to take 15 minutes, the whole crew, and we're going to, we're going to be educated on one subject. Maybe it's squeegees and, and we're going to talk about soft squeegees, medium squeegees, hard squeegees, and, and what, what we do with each one of those, why it's important mm. next week. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about ink mixing and, and why that's important. Uh, next week, we're going to go into the screen room and we're going to watch our screen room uh, manager code a screen and uh, and um, actually burn the screen. We're going to watch that happen. And, and, and that screen room manager is going to talk about, um, okay, but... But here's our here, here's an issue with, that we sometimes have. You know, when the art comes back in the folder, sometimes it doesn't have the ha, have this note or this uh, mm -hmm. this information. But over a year's time, everybody in your company is going to have a better understanding about what you do in your business and how you do it and why you do it. Yeah. And it seems like a little thing to spend 15 minutes talking about squeegees and and what the differences are. But guess what? When when the time comes and uh, hey we've never printed puff before but we're going to start printing puff ink and everybody in the room goes well you know we need a soft squeegee to do that with uh, because it's going to lay the ink right on top of the shirt so you, we have these very very educated uh, employees and yeah maybe they do go off to another place and share that information or or maybe they they do start their own business but if and, and, and you know it goes a step further too Aaron the um, 
taking that time to educate yeah. your employees on on processes and products and things like that shows that you have interest you are investing you're investing all that time and money into those employees as well and it, but you're like well hey i don't like to get up in front of people and talk about this or that and yeah. you know you, you can you can assign the squeegees to to your production manager your your you're, you know, one of your um, press operators and kind of give them a little guidance, have an, an outline of how this process works. You can have your suppliers. You think your one of your suppliers won't come in and talk to the, your entire crew about, about emulsion and the different types of emulsion. Absolutely. They will, yeah. they will knock down the door to come in and help you with those things. So yeah. 5215, take 15 minutes every Monday morning and do some type of education, no matter how big, and it doesn't have to be 15 minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes, yeah. but, uh, but do that. And, and I like to have everybody have a notebook that they can um, have a sheet that they can fill out as you go along. What are the steps yeah. in this process? And they fill out that sheet and, and, and they've got that, that they can take with them and, uh, and, and refer back to. So, yeah, for sure. I love it. And just to kind of cl close that thought there too, because if you think about it, 15 minutes once a week, not a big deal, right? I mean, that doesn't really uh, cause any <laughs> grief or pain. But when you add that up, you've just spent 13 hours training your employees. So if you have employees, that's a day and a half of going, you know, right? Yeah. Not, not that you shouldn't go to Terry's uh, class, but, <laughs> um, you know, in between going to Terry's class, there's another 13 hours of, of training that people can have. So I, I, I love that. Um, okay. So Ryan says, uh, listen to you guys while on vacation in Treasure Island, Florida. Keep up the great work. I love that we're vacation ready nice. as well. Yeah. Not, not just like a good book. Yeah, that's right. Not just for good information, but vacation ready as well. And then Jan says, knowledge is power. Love that 5215 sounds like a uh, police code. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, and then Ramona says, and the 15 minutes is up to date and current event relevant. So um, exactly. yep, in the in the moment. Love it. All right, Terry. Well, let, let me, uh, before we get to the secret sauce here, we got a couple things on our kind of big books of travels or, or upcoming events here. So I'm going to jump in first today and uh, just tell you guys coming up way sooner than we, <laughs> we think October 18th through the 20th in Atlanta, Georgia, printing United is upon us. Um, I'm actually going to be speaking there. I've got two sessions. I'll be teaching Wednesday, October 18th at 2 PM uh, pricing for profit strategies for setting pricing that work for your business, not somebody else's business. That's in the Facebook group that you happen to belong to um, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then on Thursday, the next day, October 19th at noon, I'll be talking about building a strong marketing foundation, the key elements for attracting your ideal clients and that uh, those ideal clients are not everybody with money in their wallet. They're the ones you want to work with. So I'm excited to, to share that with folks out there. Um, I'm also really excited to announce a new weekly show that I'm going to be part of here called OSG Live. It's going to be happening on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. And, and next Wednesday is going to be the first episode um, and then you can watch it there anytime. It's a collaboration with my wife, actually, and two members of Masters of Success, Tanya Deutscher and uh, Becky Kotzer. And uh, they are integral parts to the OSG community and they understand the mindset needed for success. So 
we've built this program and I'm, I'm super excited about it. And so uh, if you guys want to tune in, you can go to liveosg.com this upcoming Wednesday morning or watch it anytime thereafter. And that'll be happening every Wednesday morning from there. Lewis already talked to us about the book. So I appreciate those of you that have gone out and purchased the book. If you haven't yet, our successgroup.com forward slash FBS book is uh, where you can find that at. Whew. Terry, what's what's in your book of travel here as you round out the year? Well, uh, my complete screen printing business course, I'm going to be at Workhorse Products this weekend, but that class is sold out. So next available will be December 9th and 10th uh, here in Phoenix. Uh, my next Chicago class will be in uh, at Atlas Screen Supply in 2024. I'm right now working on the 2024 Big Book of Travel. So we'll be building out that schedule. So I'll let you know when uh, I'm going to be in Chicago again. Uh, Aaron, uh, also, I'm going to be in the Equipment Zone booth at the Printing United. So come by there and see me. Nice. We also are going to be, Equipment Zone, is, along with Epson, will be in the Apparel Zone where live demonstrations are going on no selling live demonstrations uh, all day every day and we're going to have some i'm going to be doing my um uh, everything that you've heard about dtg printing on the internet is wrong on the first day of the show we're going to have uh, uh, a panel discussion on the second day of the show and on the third day jay um jay Bazell is going to be talking about marketing your dtg products so watch for all my upcoming events on terrycombs.com and Aaron, you're going to do... Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm looking, looking forward to seeing you out there. Abby, thank you for the uh, safe travels. Yep, we're, we're, we're excited to get out on the road here. All right, so uh, Eric, today is episode 169, um, talking about Impressions Expo Fort Worth, what was new and most asked questions there. Um, he's going to be wrapping up his uh, trade show training season with a quick discussion... <laughs> Quick, I think, is being used in air quotes there. Just yeah, I don't think that's appropriate. Sorry, Eric, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, so a quick discussion about his experience educating on the show floor at Impressions Expo, including the decorations and equipment that had people buzzing and the questions the attendees and friends were asking about embroidery, digitizing, and more. So if you want to join, uh, definitely worth joining. Get over there. This will be a great conversation. 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And you can ask questions there, share, be part of the conversation. Just head to ericcampbell.com and click the Take Up tab at the top for all of the episodes. And uh, you can uh, see it right there. You also hit the bit.ly link that you see on the bottom of the screen, uh, bit.ly.com forward slash the Take Up 169. That's the episode that's happening today. So, Terry. Secret sauce time, man. I'm I'm hungry. I'm I'm starving for some sauce here. So you ready? I'm ready. Let's do some secret sauce. All right. Today's secret sauce is ink mixing systems for screen printers. If you're a screen printer, this customer will be walking through your door if they haven't already. I have a lawn tractor business and I sell John Deere lawn tractors. I need to order some shirts and I want Tony's Lawn Tractors printed in big John Deere green letters. John Deere green is a real, no, it's not just a country song. It's a, it's a color. And uh, if you're buying it from your local supplier, they'll even mix up John Deere green for you. But here's the rub. And you, we've all done, done this. We've all dealt, dealt with this. Tony only wants 12 shirts. You don't want to mix up, um, um, 
ink for for this order. You don't know if uh, if Tony's going to be in business next year. There's no guarantee that he's going to come back and ever order more shirts. So uh, if, if it's me, I don't want to buy a quart of John Deere green ink and leave it on my shelf and hope that someday Tony's going to come back and order shirts. So that's where an ink mix, mixing system comes into play. Every ink manufacturer makes an ink mixing system. A starter set's going to cost you about $150. Plus, you'll need to buy empty ink containers, a gram scale. And the system's also going to come with software so that you can match any PMS, Pantone matching system, number in any amount. So for Tony's lawn tractors, I'm making just a pint of John Deere Green. So on my computer, I'll enter the PMS number, which for John Deere Green happens to be PMS 364, and how much I want to make. So I'm going to just make a quart. I place an empty ink container on the scale. I zero it out so that it's not showing the weight of the container. And then I start just adding the ingredients from the formula that comes uh, into the container that uh, the formula I'm going to see on my screen. I'm going to stir it all up, and there it is, John Deere Green for Tony's 12 shirt. So Every college and high school mascot, every corporate logo has specific PMS colors that you have to match. Coming close to the Arizona State Maroon is never good enough. It has to be the exact PMS match uh, or the product's going to be coming back to you. So for trademarked logos, the right PMS color isn't an option. It's required. So, you know, when I was a collegiate printer, every ink on my shelf was an exact PMS match for that particular university. So for a small amount of money, your shop can rise to the next level by offering PMS color matches for your customers. My secret sauce this week, reach out to your supplier and buy a complete ink matching system. <music> That was right. delicious, uh, Jerry. But <laughs> you, you know, Aaron, I did uh, have to go back and make a list of all the ones I've done already because I thought, wait, did I already do this or was I just thinking about doing this? <laughs> so I have we a log now. <laughs> hey, we have to get a process, right? That's part of our standard operating procedure. Exactly. Get, get a list of what's out there. Um, and if you guys are interested, uh, just head over to the YouTube channel, find uh, Two Real Guys podcast on YouTube. We actually have broken out the secret sauces as their own individual clips as well. Um, I've got a couple I've got to catch up with here for the last couple of weeks, including today's, uh, but they'll be up there. Plus the news segments are broken out in, in those little clips as well. But then you can just go back and watch the whole thing as on top of that. Terry, what a great show today, man. I had such a blast. Thanks again to Eric for his um, suggestion here to come back to this. I think we may even have a little bit more left in the tank on this one. So uh, if we ever need it, it's there for us, but uh, really appreciate uh, this opportunity to have that conversation with you, Terry. Good job. Absolutely. Good job with you as well. And thanks, Eric, also for uh, contributing your dad joke. It was awesome. And for keeping us <laughs> keeping us on track and on the air every week and double and double salary that you got here. Look during at that. The show. He, he got a raise. Let's give him a, like a graduatory <laughs> celebration. <laughs> uh, poor Eric. Um, all right, Terry. Well, <laughs> 200 times. Oh, okay. We're doing the math. I got you. Um, so, Terry, next week, we've got Cassie Green joining us from The Apparelist. And not only to give us the news, she's going to be pulling double duty. She's going to be uh, here talking about kind of what they're reporting on over there at Apparelist Trends and kind of leading up into Printing United here. Uh, lots of buzz and excitement around that right now uh, from everything we're seeing. So we're going to get the inside scoop from Cassie. And I can't wait to have that conversation with her. Cassie's such an amazing person. So yeah, spending always extra a, time always with her. A great guest. 
it'll yeah. be nice to have her on for 40 minutes instead of uh, three. So yeah, exactly. Well, and plus we get the bonus three at the beginning. So, cause exactly. I I'm telling her, she's got to still bring the news. So sorry, Cassie, there's no, <laughs> there's no time off. So <laughs> All right. Until then I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And that was the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to two regular guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.